0: When I began this journey with you, I began to share a passage of Scripture. I want, to just, I want you to hear this again today. This is where Jethro comes up to Moses, and Moses is trying to do all the work of the kingdom of God by himself, and Jethro pulls him off to the side. And I want you to listen to this Scripture. The next day, Moses sat down to judge the people, and they stood around Moses from morning until evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw everything that he was doing for them, he asked, What is this thing that you're doing for the people? And he was doing it by himself. Why are you alone sitting as judge while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses replied to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. And whenever they have a dispute, it comes to me and I make a decision between one and another. And I teach them God's statues and I teach them God's laws. And what then Jethro said to Moses, what you're doing is not good. Moses' father-in-law said to him, you will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task, the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. You know, one of the things that I've tried to instill in you as your pastor since I've been here, is we can't do this alone. We have got to work together. The conflicts that this church dealt with years ago was due to the fact that people were not working together. And when I came on as your pastor five years ago, one of the tasks that I had is to, really, how do we get God's people to work together? How do we get God's people to spend time with one another? How do we get God's people to invest in each other? And that's been the journey. And one of the things that we saw this past year, I just could not let this day pass by. One of the things that we saw this past year when this pandemic hit us is we saw faithful people of God, whether they were coming to worship with us or whether they were staying at home or whether they were in a Zoom group, were being faithful to God. And last year, when many churches were sinking and they didn't know what they were going to do, this church was breaking records. Our giving last year was the biggest I've ever seen since I've been your pastor. And in the days ahead, we're going to have some folks sharing those testimonies with you. Our stewardship team and a couple of lay leaders in our church are going to be talking to you as we worship together how God has blessed us by being faithful to Him. It's been a phenomenal thing for me to see how we've been able to support the mission teams in Goose Creek and the churches in Utah and not only those but our church we've been seeing God do some powerful things so I hope you've come here today to worship our almighty God I hope you've come here to hear the word and one of the things I want to tell you as your pastor I cannot do this alone and neither can you do it alone. But God has brought us together, and if we will continue to work together, we will see phenomenal things in the days ahead. When this world is in such chaos and this world is in such conflict, as long as we stay steady to the Word of God, and we will be friends with one another, and we will lift one another up, we will see, without any exception, The power of God unleashed upon us once again this year as we did last year. So, Heavenly Father, we come to You today to worship You, to praise You, to honor You. And Father, that You have allowed us to be a part of Poplar Springs Baptist Church. Just one fellowship, Lord, that has been blessed by Your Holy Spirit Now, as Scott comes to lead us in songs, I pray, Lord, that Your Holy Spirit will dwell in this place with power. I pray that we will sing these songs with great joy in our heart. And as we hear the Word of God today, I pray that You will fill us with Your Holy Spirit. And we will hear the voice of God in all that takes place here today. We praise You, Father. We love You. And we ask now, Lord that you will be honored by our worship in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene that has made it all possible for us to be your children, I pray. And all the people of God said, Amen.
1: See the of the came into Jesus came into my heart, and I'm happy, so happy as Well baby
2: cedar. All God's people said, Oh my goodness. That was as a bad as my feet was clapping. My foot was stomping. And I mean, I, I, I tell you, if, if you're still asleep, um, you might need to t- check the pulse. Now, as I'm going to ask you today to turn to Genesis chapter 11. Uh, this is a passage of Scripture that is very deep, um, a lot of history to it. Uh, I tell you, uh, the, in the Sunday school class, the Sunday school teachers, I'm, and if you're like my Sunday school teacher, which is Rick, he gives us the notes. I'll be honest, Rick, I had not read all of them, okay? He gives you so much information. And, and, but this time, I was knowing I was having to preach, so I tried to read it all. And let me tell you, that's a lot of meat on the bones um, whenever Scott gives out the information. So I appreciate that, Scott, for giving us that information. The sad thing about it is is that the guy who compounded all this information used a lot of the same uh, commentaries that I use. And so I was impressed with that. I did not know he did that. And so you might be hearing it all over again. If you came to Sun School, you might be hearing the same thing all over again, but I doubt it. Because God uses each one of us in different ways. In Genesis 11, beginning in verse one, I want to ask you to please stand in honor of God's word. In verse one, it says, "Now the whole earth now the whole earth and one la- with one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east. And they found a plain in the land of Sinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they, and they had bricks for stones, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered among all over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one and they all have one language and this is what they have begun to do. Now nothing that they have proposed to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down... They and confuse their language, and they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there, over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, it is named, is called Babel, because there, is, there the Lord confused the languages of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. You may be seated. Let's let's pray together. Father, I humbly come before you today, Lord, and I thank you for this passage of Scripture, Lord, that we've just read. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that you were willing to give us and, and communicate with us your word. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that you give us ears to hear and a heart to understand. And I pray, Father, that today, Lord, that we will hear what you have to say to us today. And that, Father, as I speak, I pray that you'll hide me behind the cross. And I pray that Christ will be high and lifted up. And I pray, Father, that your message, Lord, will ring clear to each one of us in such a way, Lord, that we will want to be obedient to your word. And, Father, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you read this passage of Scripture, you, you get a little confused if you've read chapter 10 and chapter then chapter 11 in the Bible because if you've if you, if you noticed here, there seems to be something that has happened before chapter 10. Okay? It just seems to happen that way. And I'm going to ask you to turn. I want to encourage you to do this. Keep your Bibles open today. And if you don't have a Bible, you need to start bringing the Bible. As your PS 101 leader, I, one of the things I encourage those to, uh, in PS 101 is to get a study Bible. And just for my own curiosity, how many of you have a study Bible? Please raise your hand. Okay. Okay. If you don't have a study Bible, look at one of those who have it that just raised their hand. Ask them what type of study Bible they have. You can talk to uh, Pastor Dale, Scott, Matt, or Chris. All of us have study Bibles. We have more study Bibles than probably you, you want to know about. But it's good to have a study Bible because they would bring this up. But what happens is in chapter ten, I want you to notice in verse eight, what happens. This is the leader of the group that they describe in chapter one and chapter eleven, verse one, in Genesis. Okay. So what you're doing is what he does is this is a genealogy of Ham, and this is one of the sons of um, Noah, and they're given the, um, his genealogy, and and this is one of his descendants, Ham's descendants, okay, and his name is Nimrod. Now notice what it says in verse eight: Cush begot Nimrod; he began to be a mighty, a mighty one on the earth. So he was. There was something special about him. And this is what was special about him. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Before it, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, if you go on in verse 10, I'm not going to read the whole verse, but it says, "...and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel." Okay? So, what we're about to see here is the development, the establishment of Babel. Okay? Some would call it Babylon today. Okay? But I wanted you to understand this. Okay? There's another, and and this is a side note, but it's the main point I want you... I want you all to turn to Proverbs, and I'm going to do it with you. Proverbs chapter 19. I love hearing papers move. I know some of y'all have phones and you were looking it up on your phones and I can't hear your fingers swipe. But I can at least hear the paper. And Y'all might beat me to Proverbs chapter 19 today since I just started talking. I can't do two things at one time. But chapter 19, just one verse. And it's verse 21. Notice what it says. Therefore many... Plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Think about that just for a second. A lot of plans out there. A lot of men out there having big dreams, big plans. But if it doesn't go with the purpose of God, if it doesn't go with the counsel of God, it will not stand. But God's counsel stands. You need to understand that in this passage of Scripture. Because what we see here today is Nimrod, a mighty, powerful man. A man who was a hunter. And at that time, that was survival, guys. To eat. To be able to survive. Now, farming was good and everything like that, but hunters provided meat. And so he was a very powerful man at this time. And so we see here that he was a, a, God had gifted him with the the, the, um, the ability to hunt, but he took that ability and went the wrong direction. I was fascinated. It says now the whole earth, the first one, the now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass that he journeyed from the east. They actually even went the wrong direction, honestly. Honestly speaking, if you want to, I'm not going to go deep into that, but I just want to tell you, that's not what, that wasn't God's plan for them to go east. It was to scatter the what? Whole earth. Let me just clarify that just for a second. Um, if you flip even over more into Genesis, come back to Genesis. If you go to chapter 9 in Genesis, this is what God had said to Noah when they came out of the, out of the um, ark. He said, bless, he said, so God blessed Noah, his sons, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and do what? Fill the earth. Okay? Spread. Spread out. Go, go fill the earth. What were they doing? Heading east. You know what some believe? (laughs) And, um, they believe they're trying to go back to Eden, to the Garden of Eden. What happened there? The separation of God and man happened at the Garden of Eden. The flood destroyed Garden of Eden. You know, if you read in Genesis where it says they put angels, they no longer had to protect that anymore. They had to, Because the flood took care of that. But they went back. And so they were going in the wrong direction, and they were staying together. They were not scattering. They were not, they were not fulfilling what God had commanded them to do. So, so we see from the very beginning, Nimrod here, and have you ever read a how-not-to book? Y'all heard of how-to books? But how not to, well, this is how not to build a nation. This is how not to build a life. This is how not to build a company that you want to last. Okay? You can build it in your image and it can last your lifetime, but it won't last any probably further than that. Notice here, notice the first thing they did wrong. The wrong material. If you see verse three here in Genesis chapter eleven, it says, Then they said to one another, Come let us make bricks. Why would you make bricks? Do you, do, you know, do you know what they're famous for over there in the Middle East? Rocks. Did y'all know that? They had to move the rocks to build the bricks, make the bricks. Why were they making bricks? Think about it just for a second. I want you to think. There is an answer to this. Who made the rocks? God made the rocks. Who made the bricks? Man made the bricks. You see what? Do you see where we're going? Because you can read this story and not get this right. Some of you said, "I've never heard that before," but it's true. They wanted they wanted to do this themselves. They said, "Let's let's let's um, let's use mortar." So they used the wrong material here. What do you think is stronger, rocks or bricks? I'm going to tell you, most rocks are. The rocks are. Okay? I, I, this, um, this week I was talking to an engineer. And for some reason he was work. I, I'm a chaplain and I go in and they're working on these drawings and stuff like that. And let me tell you, that fascinates the daylight side of me. Uh, they're always working on something. And the guy looked at me and he said, Did you know asphalt can burn? Now, I didn't have a clue why he was telling me that at the time. But then I read this passage of Scripture here, and it says he was building it out of asphalt. That they were using material that, that could be destroyed. And we see here that they were using the wrong material, not a lasting material. Now, I want to do this real quick because I want you to notice here, the right material is found in Mark first, first Peter. Chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. I want you to look at this just for a second. Flip over there. That's why I told you bring your Bibles. Because I'm going to jump all over the scriptures today, okay? First Peter's in a very near the end of the Bible. Near Revel- if you go toward Revelations, you'll run into it. I keep hearing paper, so that's good. First Peter two, verse four through eight. Here's the right material. Coming to Him as the living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also are, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the Scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on Him will by no means be put ashamed. Therefore, to you who believe, He is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling. And a, st- and a rock of offense, they stumble, being disobedient to the to the word which they also were appointed. We see here that God, Jesus Christ Himself, is our chief cornerstone. He is the rock that we built on. You know, in Matthew chapter seven, it gives us a gr- Jesus gives us a great illustration as He's ending the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and He says, "Do you want to?" Uh, a wise man builds his house on the rock. On the rock. As the foolish man builds his house on the shifting sands. See, it, it might be cost efficient. It might be more simple to build it on sand. But it won't last. Have you ever thought about this? That when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior that your eternity is going to be a blessing to, to not only you, but to others? See, God is not just up to something for you today, not just something tomorrow, but for eternity. I think the older you get, the more you think of eternity. Amen? I think if you continue to lose family members, you lose friends, you lose those, you begin to think about, this earth is not big enough anymore, amen? I had a relative of mine one time say this. She says, my home is no longer here. My home is in heaven. And she was longing to go home. She had such a sense of the presence of God in her life that she was ready to leave this place and go to a better place. And I'm thankful that the place that we have in store for us is a place where God is. Let me tell you, if you look at this passage of Scripture, and we're going to look even deeper in this, they, were, they had the, not only the wrong material, the wrong method, but they had the wrong motive. Look what happens here in, in verse, the latter part of verse 4 of um, Genesis 11. It says, let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Now, do you see the the pure disobedience right there? What did God command them to do? To be scattered. To go. And He said, no, we don't want to be scattered. We want our name to be praised here. I made the mistake of looking up the name Nimrod in the dictionary. Okay. This is dictionary, okay? Not me. The first definition, if it's capitalized, it means the descendant of Ham. Okay? Which, in Genesis, we've read that to you already. The second is, if it's not capitalized, it means hunter. Do you know what the next meaning is? Now, it means, if it's not capitalized... It means idiot. Jerk. Let me read it to you again one more time. Verse 4: Let us make a name for ourselves. (laughs) Think about that. Just take it in just for a second. What was he all about? Making a name for himself, and he became an idiot. Is that wrong? That was his goal. I want a name for myself. I want, a, I want my chest to be pumped out. I want all the glory. I, I, hey, they were, they were building this tower up to heaven, but they were not there to give glory to God. They were there to give glory to themselves. Who are you living for today? Are you trying to make a name for yourself? Or are you trying to glorify God? Think about it just for a second. I, when I first hit this passage, I said, Boy, I'm, I said, How am I going to correlate this to what we're going through today? And by the time I was finished with it, it was smacking me all over the place. Okay? Nimrod wanted to make a name for himself and build this big, beautiful um, building. I couldn't help but think about New York City. I couldn't help but think about all the the cities of the world and how today we're all got, and and have you noticed that our cities are getting bigger and bigger? Have you noticed we've become in one language again? Somebody brought this to my attention. This is not original to me, so this is like, it's the computer, Chris. What's the language of, of most? It's English, is it not? If you want to know everything, or oh, most things, you've got to know English. Do you know in most, most uh, in, uh, educated people today all around the world have their language and they also learn English? Have you, it it looks like we're going back to Babylon, amen? Oh, me? Oh, me. Let's say, oh, me. Oh, me. We're going back to confusion. So it's not, this is not just some Old Testament story that doesn't have no present-day um, abilities to speak to us. We see here they used not only the wrong material, they used the wrong method, they even had the wrong method or the wrong motivation. And folks, our, our only motivation that we have is to give glory to God. Amen? I'll be honest with you, the only reason I stand here today is to give God glory. No other reason. I'll just you want me to just be plain truthful with you? When I was growing up, I'd rather have done anything than stand behind this pulpit having a hundred and so people looking at me. Okay? And most of y'all understand what I'm saying right now, amen. Because this would be like your nightmare. To stand here and have other people gawking at you. Okay? This is not my desire. My desire is not for you to look at me or to give me praise, to give me glory. No, I don't do that for Joey. I only do it for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Joey would be bound to back row, probably think about what we're going to have for lunch. Okay? But because God got into Joey, Joey said, I want you to give me the glory. I said, I can do that with his help. Our motive, choir members, the only reason we sing today, I'm going to say we're Scott Dusk. I've always wondered how that felt. Because <laughs> I'm in the choir, I get to watch him from up there. The only reason you sing is to give God glory, right? The only reason you play is to give God glory. Right, Shelley? It's give God glory. We put him, is, did he get out of the, no, he's still in the box. <laughs> the only reason, give God Glory. See, the only reason, folks, the only reason you're here today should be your motive is to give God glory. To praise Him. The last thing, when you leave out of here, the last thing, one of the things you ought to know is that I, I praised Him with my voice, I praised Him with my heart, and, I praised, and I'm going to go out and praise Him with my life. That motivates me to get up every morning, amen? That's not about me. It's not about Dale, and I love you, Dale. But you'll say amen to this. It's not about Chris or Scott or Matt or, or anybody, any human here. It's all about Jesus Christ, and it's thankful, Father, that we can gather here together. Man, I didn't know we had so many people in the balcony this morning. God bless. This is this how this side's out doing you guys. Y'all need to get to work. Yeah, Eric, I see you up there. Yeah, I, I see you. Folks, we're here to give God praise and glory even up in the balcony. And if we ever lose that, we're no better than Babylon or Babel. I want you to notice here, I'm running out of time, but I want to share this with you. Notice what God does in verse 5. This is some wordplay, because notice what it says in verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city... In the tower which the sons of men had built. Now, let's just be honest with that verse. Did God literally come down? Think about it. Just think hard now. Did He literally come down? Was, is God omnipresent? Do y'all know what that means. Omnipresent. I mean, God's everywhere, right? That's biblical. That's biblical terms, but it's biblical truth. God's everywhere. That's one thing Satan isn't. Don't ever give Satan that ability. He is not omnipresent. But God is. They wrote it like this, and this is my view of it. Here they are trying to build up to show how big they were, but God had to come down. I don't care how big it was, it still was not big enough for God not to have to come down. Amen? And let me tell you, the things that we try to do, and and this is a scary thing, because this is where this passage of Scripture should hit some of us. A lot of us are still trying to work our way to heaven. I'm on the Stairway to Heaven. Y'all ever heard that song? Stairway to Heaven? That is so unbiblical. There's no. My dad, one time this person sung this song. On Sunday night, it was a Sunday night. I don't remember a lot of things that took place on Sunday nights, to be honest with you, growing up, but I do remember this. this. This person sung a song. And I was talking about how they were struggling and working hard to get to heaven. And they, they were going blood, sweat, and tears and all this kind of stuff. My dad took the first half of his message to, to contradict everything that song said. Because they said, you had nothing to do with salvation. And if it wasn't for God, you know, we'd be all in a bad shape. And we're going to deal with that here in a few minutes. But I am so thankful that He came down. Amen? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came down. He came down to earth. And that's a beautiful thing to see here. Now, He came together and and, and what He did was He confused their languages. See, we think what separates us, and, and, and people are really taking advantage of this, and I don't think it's totally true. Our ethnicity, our color our nationality, none of those things really separate us worse than our language. Have you ever been around somebody that is speaking another language? I have. Um, when I was at Arcadia, First Baptist, we had a, a, um, a ministry called um, Child Evangelism. I had a Bible club. And it, we went into um, Arcadia Elementary. And what we would do... As we'd teach the Bible to all the kids. Now all the kids knew English, even though a good many of them were Hispanic. Now some of them said, I want you to come meet my parents. Well, I'd go meet their parents, and lo and behold, I'd sometimes run into them in in like Walmart or somewhere like that, and those little kids would come up and hug me. Now they always hugged you in school, but when they hugged me out in Walmart I felt a little uncomfortable because I didn't know their parents. But this is how the conversation went. And I said, hey, so-and-so. And they said, hey, uh, they called me Pastor Joey. Pastor Joey, how you, I want you to meet my mom. I'd meet their mom. And then I said, and then she, she did not speak English. So what would happen was, to carry on a conversation, I would tell this child what I was saying, and she would turn around and tell the parent. We were... Com- And let me tell you, sometimes I worried about what the translation was taking place there. You know what I'm saying? Kids, God bless them, amen. You don't know? I don't know. I was confused. They they sat there and said the mom turned around and said something back to her. If she wouldn't turn, whatever that little girl said, I don't care what the mama said, I believed because I was confused until I had an interpreter. I preached numerous times um, at that church and they always had a translator. And, and that, that took like a 30... I had to cut down like a 30-minute message down to about a 10-minute message just because of the translation and stuff like that. Folks, whenever you don't know the person, how, what the other person is saying, it's very uncomfortable. Have you ever been in line at, at Ingalls over here or Publix or Sam's or someone like that and then somebody's... People are are carrying on a different, a different language. Does it make you a little uncomfortable? Well, let me. T- God knew that, and He knew that. And He not only did He scatter them themselves; they scattered themselves. You, you 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 like to be around people who actually speak English, Amen. Let's just be honest. If you speak English, I can. I can dialect back with you. I can talk. I can, I can communicate with you and you can communicate back with me. God came down and messed up their communications and, and so that was their punishment. It looked like their sin was disobedience. Their, their sin was uh, wanting to glorify themselves and pride and all that. And God sentenced them to scattering them by confusing their language and, um, the, the Tower of Babel quit being built. Folks, we're we're coming to a day that Jesus is coming back, amen? He's coming back one day. And if your whole life is to make yourself look good to to the rest of this world, and I believe this is one of America's worst sins, is one of trying to pump oneself up for this world. Just... Pride, men. I might be talking to y'all today, but I think I'm talking to everybody, really. Who are you building your life around today? Who who are you going to who are you going to give glory to one day? Are you giving yourself glory? Some of y'all wish your arms were longer so you could pat yourself on the back, amen? Because you're just that good. You know? That's Nimrod. Nimrod was so proud of himself, but God wasn't. The world was enthralled with Nimrod. The world probably had parades for him. The world celebrated him, but God did not. I've come to realize it doesn't matter what the world thinks. It matters what God thinks. And it all boils down to it, guys. Who are you you worshipping today? Are you worshipping yourself? Are you worshipping some building? Some personality? Some movement? Some type of music? Are you, you worshipping the creation instead of the Creator? See, they were worshipping bricks and mortar. And they were worshipping their own talents. And they were worshipping how, boy, I'm good. I bet they had some big mirrors there in Babel. So they taking taking all the glory. I, I, you know, have you seen somebody that has mirrors all around? I hope I'm not describing one of your rooms in your house. But mirrors, just so you can get a look at every area of every every way somebody could be looking at you, because you want to be seen in the best light. Well, I'm telling you guys, quit worshiping yourself, quit worshiping the creation, start worshiping God, because He is the one that matters. The right method and the right motive. The first of all, the right motive is to give God glory. But the method is found in Ephesians 2 verses 8. And I studied this passage on my own uh, devotion this week. And it says, By grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm so thankful today to tell you this. You're not good enough to get to heaven. Your works, and I'm talking to every one of you today, is like dirty rags to God. I would like to give you the, the Hebrew translation of that, but it's, it's filthier than that, or the Greek translation. than that. It's filthier than that. But your good works are like dirty rags to God. It is, by, it is through faith by grace. Folks, we all stand on level ground in front of God. You know, in this church right now, it, we, we've got one of this theater type flooring in here, so some was a little bit above, and some of us are a little bit below. And I'm all, and I want, let me get below here. I don't know if I'm messing you up here. But see, I'm at the bottom here, okay? And this is how the world sort of looks at people sometimes that we have stages. Like steps or whatever you want to call it, some are up here and some are down there. let me tell you, in God's eyes, we're all down here. Amen. And it don't, our works can't get us there, but God, say it. God can. In that little, um, at that little school in Arcadia, we had this, this can, a coffee can, and it had on on the back on the. On, around, on on outside of it, it said, God can. And people came and gave their, um, prayer, their prayer request, put it into God can, because God can. God can save you, amen? You just have to come and confess and accept that wonderful gift that Jesus paid for your sins on, on that Calvary's cross and died for your sins and my sins. And because He died on the cross and was resurrected on the third day, you can be saved. But that's the only way. See, in this same thing, what Satan was trying to do was that he was trying... This was the beginning of false religions right here. If you look at all all false religions, it all gears back to how good man is. Or how good man can be. Well, let me tell you. God tells us we're not good enough. But God can save us from ourselves. Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever placed your faith and trust in Him? Have you ever felt the presence of God come into your life as the blood of, of Jesus cleanses you from all your unrighteousness? And when He cleanses you from all your unrighteousness, he, he cleanses you from your past sins, your present sins, and your future sin. And He makes you one of His kids. I stand here today not because I'm good. But because I'm one of God's kids. And I came through Jesus Christ. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. See, when we look at each other as a family of God, we look eye to eye. Amen. You know why? Because we've all been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. None of us are good enough. Nimrod thought he could be better. And God, (laughs) He took it way out of the way. If you've never accepted Him, I encourage you to do so. Let's pray. Father, I just thank You so much for this opportunity that we have here today. Lord, Dale and I will be back in the back for anyone who would like to come and talk with us today. If there's one who would like to accept You as their Lord and Savior, Father, we'd love to give counsel, give some encouragement. And I pray that they'll come back to the back and talk to us. And Lord, we just look forward to celebrating with them as what You have done for them and accepting them into Your wonderful family. Father, I just pray, Lord, Lord, that each one of us will look into our hearts and our lives today and see what our kingdom, the kingdom that we're trying to build here, is pointing to. Is it pointing to ourselves? Are we going to do like Frank Sinatra and say, I did it my way? Or are we going to say, no, I did it God's way. And I give Him the praise and the glory. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that if there are those here today that are still trying to do it man's way, I pray that they'll turn over, turn to You by repenting, by turning from their sins. And I pray, Father, that for those who are Christians who have taken their eyes off of You, Father, I pray that today will be the day that they'll turn back to You. Father, that they'll recommit their life to You in such a way, Lord, that they'll feel the presence of Your Spirit like they haven't in such a long time. Lord, during this invitation, we pray Your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.